Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. All right, how's everybody doing today? Come on, you doing good? It's good to see you here at One Church. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm the lead pastor here. We're so honored to have each and every one of you here today. And so uh, we've got a lot of uh, amazing things happening. And before uh, I jump into it too, too far, I just want uh, for uh, my parents are uh, going to the world uh, for literally the world for the next month, they'll be traveling the world, preaching the gospel. And so that uh, be, keep them in your prayers. Come on. We're so excited to send them out, but keep them in your prayers. Um, uh, and, and they're d- just doing amazing things and we're going to miss them for the next month, but they're going to, they're going to preach and they're going to see a lot of people come to Jesus. Amen. And, uh, uh, but Hey, we, we were in a, uh, we, we ask you, uh, to prayerfully consider joining us and partnering with us. Uh, for our parking lot. And I just want y'all to know, thank y'all so much for your generosity. Uh, we raised $53,000. Come on. And, uh, and so we're able to do phase one of our parking lot. That's phase one. So here's the thing is that if you want to continue to give to that, we're, we're going to continue. Come on. We, we move, we always say we move at the speed of your generosity. So, uh, we will continue to, uh, ex- uh, expand that parking lot and do whatever it is. If you, you can give a heart for the house, uh, in our heart for the house campaign. And we're always happy, uh, when you do that. So, uh, cause Hey, listen, we're, it's not about a building. I always say, I didn't come here to plan a, uh, uh, to, to build a building. I came to plan a church. Amen. And so, uh, church is not a building. Amen. And so we've got that going on. And then, uh, we've, we've got, uh, some, uh, incredible, we just got a, some incredible things happening. And so be sure, always check out our website. Be sure to jump in there and, uh, and, and, and look at what's going on. I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. We're going to do what they say can't be done. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I, I just want to give you just a little bit of warning here. Uh, if, if you haven't seen this over and over and over again, we try to be very cautious. We will be talking about uh, sex today. Okay. So uh, that's going to be going down. And so if you don't want to, if you want to avoid the awkward conversation with your kids on the way home, we have an amazing kids program. And I promise you, we will not, it's not going to be uh, we're not going to get any more uh, R-rated than the Bible does, okay? But this is your warning. Some of you are leaned in. You are like, let's go. It's about time he talked about something I'm interested in. Mm, Lord Jesus, help us. Y'all pray for my kids. Y'all think that it, you're, some of your kids are like, oh my gosh, but my kids are especially that way. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 16 and 20, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 and 20, I love how it says it in the message translation. It says this, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in scripture, the two become one Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely. Come on. It leaves us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all other 
In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love, for becoming one with one another. Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place? The place of the Holy Spirit. Don't you see that you can't live however you please? Squandering what God paid such a high price for. The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. Man, I think we could just stop preaching right now. This is done. Like it's, the Bible says it, right? The, the, the physical part of you doesn't belong to, uh, is some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. It's not a little here and a little bit there and I'll give you this and I'll, I won't give you that. No, God owns all of it. So let people see God in and through your body. Amen? If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, Uncommon Connection. Uncommon Connection. Lord, right now we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we thank you that every issue that we go through is is, uh, is actually talked about in the word of God. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that we're gonna learn, we're gonna grow, and every life's gonna be changed. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, here's, I just wanna lay a few ground rules uh, before we jump into this topic. Uh, the, first, the first ground rule that you need to know is you need to listen for yourself, not someone else. Okay, listen for yourself and not someone else. Don't be nudging. Listen for yourself, not someone. Don't be thinking, because I know people, oh, I know so-and-so should have been here. They should have heard this message. I'm gonna send it to them. Here's the thing, is you've been checked out the entire message because you're thinking about how much they need to hear it, and I want you to listen in, and I want you to hear it, okay? Maybe you're good, maybe everything's going great in your life, but you can learn something, amen? Uh, The second thing is, remember this, that we look forward, not backwards. You understand? We look forward, not backward. That means that you might have made mistakes and you might have had some failures in your life and you might not have been pure and you might not be clean because I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm talking to a room full of virgins, okay? And that might all be in the past and you're sitting here and here's the temptation is you're gonna start feeling condemned, you're gonna start feeling guilty. That's what the enemy wants from you, not what, what God wants for you. We look forward, we don't look backwards. Here's the thing is I want every one of you to know that we are not sitting here in guilt and shame. We are sitting here in grace and mercy and forgiveness, amen? Philippians 3.13 says it, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing, somebody say one thing. Say one thing like you mean it. One thing I do, forgetting what's behind and I strain towards what's ahead. That's what we're doing today, okay? We're not, gonna, we're not gonna think about everything that we made and all these mistakes and oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed of this. I shouldn't have done this. No, that's not what we're living. We're, we're, we're looking ahead at what God has for us, amen? We've gotta change the way we think because we wanna have an uncommon connection, amen? Here's the thing, is that sex is everywhere. It's everywhere we go, right? It's, it's everywhere, I had a, a lady, uh, the last time I talked about this in church, they actually left the church, and they said because their 14-year-old son, who was completely normal, said, he, she said, he's never, he doesn't know what sex is. <laughs> it's a true story. 
I, I think she could see that I was like, you're an idiot on, on her, like on my face. And so, um, so that's why they left the church. But, but here's the thing is, is that don't believe that. Come on. Sex is everywhere. It's a part, it, it's, you cannot get away from it, right? It, it is in, uh, it's on billboards, come on. It's in magazine articles, it's on TV, it's on social media. Come on, you get friend requests from that girl who is really friendly, right? Sex is everywhere. It's one of those things that it's always going on. It's everywhere. And here's the thing, is it's not something that we just see, it's something that we hear. Huh, let's get physical, come on. I don't know anything else. I'm old school. Huh? You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Come on, that's, that's the thing. Come on, let's get it on. Let, we can keep talking about this, right? The, the thing is, is that we, we don't just see it, we hear it, and it's so ingrained in our culture and so a part of our lives that, that we sit back and we go, man, sex is everywhere, but the one place that it's never talked about because it's taboo to talk about it and you should never mention it and never even say its name, we just talk about the big S. Right, we don't talk about it, and, and here's the thing, is the one place that it should be talked about, I think, first, is in church. It's the first place. Well, we don't talk about that. That's offensive. That's shameful. You don't do that. You don't, you don't mention that. The only, time, the only time if you say sex in church, you have to say no right behind it. Or no right before it. Like, that's just the way it is, and that's the way it's got to be, and that's the way it should be, and nobody ever mentions it. And here's the thing, is I want everybody to hear this. The devil did not create sex. God created sex. Here's the thing, is the only thing the devil has done is perverted. That's what, that's what the devil has done. He has perverted what God has created. And since the church has remained silent on the issue, the world has begun to define what God created. And God did not create sex to be dirty or something that's shameful or, oh my gosh, you can't talk about this. It's not meant to be that way. God created it for so much more than that. I just want you to know, sex is everywhere. Here's a few statistics. The average age for someone to lose their virginity is between 16 and 18. Here's the thing. 74% of women will engage in sex outside of marriage. It's quiet. The average number of sexual partners for a man is 6.1, but the average man can't not lie when talking about this statistic. These are the jokes, people. <laughs> the average number of sexual partners for a female is four. Men, this isn't gonna shock you, men think about sex 188 times more than women. <laughs> it was funny, my wife said, that's not that bad. And I was like, for every one time you think about it, I think about it 188 times. And she's like, never mind, that is bad. <laughs> Here's the thing, 60% of women say they have an issue with lust. Oh, well, lust is only a man issue. Lust is only something that men deal with. Lust is something that only young, young men deal with. That, that's the way that it works. Is that, no, here's the thing, is that 60% of women say that they have an issue with some kind of lust. Come on, you didn't go watch Magic Mike for the acting. <laughs> Just gonna leave that right there. Don't nudge your girlfriend. Come on, remember number, rule number one, the girl that went with you. Come on. 30%, uh, 36% of the internet is pornographic. 
13%. Listen to this. You think that's shocking? America spends $13 billion a year on pornography. $13 billion. $36 billion worldwide. $13 billion just in the U.S. One out of every four searches on the internet is sexually related. Listen to this. 91% of all sex scenes on TV are outside of marriage. 91% sex scenes that you see on TV are gonna happen outside of marriage. Here's the thing, is sex is everywhere. Let's not be naive. Let's not act like it doesn't happen. Let's not act like, come on, let's address the elephant in the room and realize that it's out there. And, and here's the thing, is the devil did not create it, God created it. So we need to look at an uncommon view of it. In 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, He, they, went, they went around exploring, and as they were exploring, they were always looking for unique things, trying to find different things to bring back, to show everybody. And, and one thing that they ended up finding and bringing back was something that they could not expect that everybody would be amazed by, and that was a pineapple. It was, it was incredible because they came back, and they had, a, they had a supply of it, and they showed this pineapple, and they said, check this thing out, and everybody oohed and awed over it because they could not wrap their mind around something that looked kind of like a pine cone, but was sweet and juicy in the middle like an apple, hence the name Pineapple. I mean, this thing, they, they had no idea how crazy people would be over a pineapple. And, uh, and what happened was, is the demand became so high that in its day, what a pineapple would go for in today's currency was $8,000. 89 cents. $8,000 is what it cost to buy a pineapple in that day. I mean, they, everybody was so amazed by them. Artists, come on, begin to paint them everywhere. You ever see some old art with a pineapple? You're like, what the world? Man, it's because everybody was crazy. You ever drive by a building? Come on, and, and you see a, a historical vi- building, you'll see a pineapple a lot of times on the top. Why? Because architects were amazed by the pineapple. They thought it was incredible. They thought it was awe-inspiring. I mean, these things were such a hot commodity that $8,000 a pop. I mean, and here's the deal is that nobody, not everybody could afford an $8,000 pineapple. I couldn't afford one right now, right? That's expensive. This illustration would have been a flop because I wouldn't have bought it, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> is, is that since people could not afford it, they, just, they, they came up with places where you could go and rent pineapples. Now you wasn't going to eat it because come on, you eat it, you buy it, but you could go and rent the pineapple. And what people would do is they would take the pineapple home and they would set it up on a table and they would invite friends to come over and hang out and watch the pineapple. Come on. So they'd be like, Oh, whoa. Check it out. You're right. Like everybody's looking at the pineapple, right? And I mean, like it, it, it was incredible. It's awesome. There's stuff in dollar bills and the little thing. It was one of those things that they were like, this is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. But now what happened was, is now pineapples today are not that way, right? right? Like I said, this was 89 cents. What happened was, is that uh, as, as, as ships became more and more and more uh, or better at, at getting to and from places, the steamship began to get, uh, be able to transport pineapples at a rapid rate. And what happened is, is that demand, as the, even though the demand was high, they began to be able to meet that supply. 
And as they met the supply, then all of a sudden, everybody began to lose interest in this amazing fruit called the pineapple, and, and, and everybody began to get their hands on it, and now we've got <laughs> pineapple chunks. There's no artist painting. This ain't going on top of a building. Come on, we got pineapple chunks. For crying out loud, this is awesome. This is amazing, but this is not something that you're gonna invite everybody. Hey, Isaiah, come over and check this out, man. I got me a can of pineapple chunks. Here's the thing, is that what becomes widely available to everyone becomes valuable to no one. The more it is available to everyone, the less valuable it becomes to everyone. And here's the thing, just as it is with pineapples, so it is with sex. And the thing is, is the world has so flooded the market and it's become such this thing that we see it everywhere we go. It's on social media, it's in our magazines, it's on billboards, it's everywhere we look. And what it is, is God has created it to be something beautiful and something great and something incredible and something awe-inspiring. But what happened is, is the world has begun to pollute it and flood the market and now we got pineapple chunks. We got something that inspires no one, something that nobody's impressed with. See, God has always created sex to be an exclusive membership club, not something to be thrown out for everybody. It's something to be, it's a special thing for for two people to share together. That's what God had created. Well, that's old fashioned. (laughs) That's back in the day. Come on, nobody's living that way. Listen, if you want to live your life in pineapple chunks, go for it. But I'm telling you right now, there's a better way. Nobody ever goes, see, that's what we hear all the time. Well, that's old-fashioned. That's silly. That's ridiculous. There's no way. Stop talking about that. That's that's not going to happen today. Here's the thing is that God's just, I, I get this a lot. God's just trying to keep me from having fun. There's no other place that we apply that logic. I didn't go down to uh, Lowe's and buy a chainsaw, get home, open the box, see the manual and go, Steel's just trying to keep me from having a good time. No, Steel's just trying to keep me from cutting my stinking arm off. And the truth is, is that God is not trying to keep you from having fun. God is just trying to keep you from getting hurt. And God says this, I've created it to be incredible. I've created it to be a beautiful thing. I've created it to be an exclusive club, something that you share with one person. And here's the thing, that if you will do it that way, it becomes something beautiful and not something it's obtainable to everyone. But now it's just something that we do. Come on, Tinder's one of the best, the biggest apps out there. One trillion swipes. Hookup app. No strings attached. One, a hundred million downloads in the U.S. alone. What's widely available to everyone is valuable to no one. Here's the thing is I want to give you just a couple of things. The reasons why I think that the world has a view of sex and then God who created sex has a view of sex. They're two completely, completely different things. So today I want to look at both of those, okay? Listen in. Come on, you listen for yourself. 
not someone else. Some of y'all are like, man, I do not envy this guy. The world says this about sex. The world says sex is just physical. It's just physical. Uh, It's just a physical thing that you do. There's no, come on, there's no strings attached. It's no big deal. It's not, there's nothing, there's nothing good or bad out of it. It's just something that people do. It's enjoyable. And as long as you do what you, uh, do your part to keep unwanted pregnancies down and to keep the spread of STDs down, then it's okay. It's not, it's not hurting anybody. I'm just out there having a good time. It, it, it's not an issue at all. But here's the thing is that even secular research, non-Christian-based secular research says this about sex. Sex, is a, it involves a person's mind, a person's emotions, a person's identity, and even a person's soul. Sex is one of these things that it involves every part of you, not just one part of you. And I love how it says it in 1 Corinthians 6, 16, that that there is more to sex than just skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As it is written in the scripture, the two shall become one. God is saying this, I created sex to be something so much more than you even realize that it is. And even secular research says that it involves every part of a person, not just one part of a person. So there's no such thing as a no strings attached kind of deal. It's something that is meant to attach you. I love what Tim Keller said. He said, sex is not a sin. The Bible doesn't say sex is a sin because it's so bad. The Bible says sex is a sin because it's so good. What he's saying is, is it's so good at doing what God created it to do. The two shall become one. And you cannot unone what God has won. That's like taking two eggs, putting them together, scramming them, and saying, all right, now pick out which one's different. Because God has created it to be something that joins you together. He created it to be something that brings unity to a marriage. And that's what God has created sex to be. See, here's the thing is sex is like a sticky note. The more times you take it off and you reapply it and you take it off and you reapply it and you take it off and you reapply it, eventually it will lose the stick. It'll stop sticking. And here's the thing, young people, you can listen in and all you, all you, Parents out there with teenagers, you ought to cheer up for me right at the, at the end of this because here's the thing is the more times you do it and what happens is, is that now all, all that other time it was fine. All that other time it was no big deal and now then you found the man or the woman of your dreams and now you're wanting to make it serious this time and now then the thing that I have used to stick on and, and take off and stick on and take off and stick on and take off. Now all of a sudden it's not doing what God has called it to do and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean as much as what it did back then and here's the thing is that you're wanting to do something that God created to make you one and you've used it so complacently that it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean what it used to. It doesn't mean what God had made it. See, here's the thing is that you can abuse something long enough and eventually it will stop being used for what God created to do. You will become numb. Proverbs 4, 23 says this, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Can I just tell you this? What happens in your love life affects your entire life. What happens in your love life will affect your entire life. And listen to me, God is not saying no, no, no. God is simply saying wait, wait, wait. 
Here's the other way, the, the, the thing the world views sex is, and I hear this a lot, you can do whatever you want now and have what God wants later. Come on, I'm just gonna live my life how I want to right now. I'm sowing my wild oats. Come on, I'm gonna go out and have a good time. It's no big deal. It's no issue. There's nothing wrong with it. Come on, everybody's doing it. Come on, it's not that big a deal. And here's the thing is that I want you to remember is that you are packing a bag that you will have to carry for a long time. You're packing this bag that you're gonna have to carry around and I know you think that it's no big deal and everybody else is saying that it's no big deal but I'm telling you, you cannot go against God's word because God says it is a big deal and it's made, uh, I created it for two people to become one. Here's the question that I get asked, will God forgive me? Yes, absolutely. Will he forgive you? Absolutely, he'll forgive you. Here's the thing, is that God has even forgiven you for things you haven't done yet. Boy, that's grace right there. That's amazing. Even things that you have not done. God says this, I've forgiven it all. But here's the thing, is that it is so much more than just forgiveness. Because just because I can be forgiven for something does not mean it's the best thing for my life. And God is saying it's so much more than being forgiven. It's about a calling. And it's, it's about me having a destiny and a purpose for your life. And if you'll just listen to the way that I do things, I promise you, it's not just right, it's better. And if you'll just lean in and listen and say, God, I'm wanting to do things your way. I want to do it in an uncommon way. Young people, weeds are seeds too. You gotta be careful what you sow in your life. You gotta be careful what you sow in your life. And you may not even realize it, but every time you're doing this, you're having sex with somebody, you're attaching yourself and unattaching, attaching and unattaching. And I guarantee you, I could go around the room and I could talk to a lot of your parents and your parents, maybe they messed up and they had sex a lot. Can I tell you that they would look back and say, I wish I never would have. I wish somebody would have had this talk with me because it caused pain and it caused hurt and it caused sorrow. I never regret being able to give that woman that gift. Well, nobody's doing it. I did. Weeds are seeds too. Let me just say this again to young people. You didn't invent sex. Your parents grew up in the 70s, man. 60s and 70s. Yikes. That's the, that's, that's the two decades we don't talk about. Number three, I gotta go. All sexual temptation will leave as soon as you get married. A lot of people believe this. Well, as soon as I get married, my wife or my husband's gonna fulfill every bit of my sexual desires and I'll never have another temptation in my life. Wrong. Here's the deal is that that people will say, well, I'm just getting it out of my system. The thing is, is that you don't get something out of your system by doing it. You put something into your system by doing it. Uh, Not too long ago, I had a really severe allergic reaction to shrimp. 
I mean, I'm talking about I had whelps come up on my head. It was bad news, bear. I couldn't hardly breathe. My, my throat was closing. The thing is, is that I did not start having that reaction from something that wasn't in my system. I started having that reaction to something that I put into my system and my body began to reject it. And here's the thing is some of you are married and you're wondering what's wrong with me? Why are we not fulfilled? Why am I not satisfied? It's because something that you put into your system over and over and over and over again. Now all of a sudden you're looking around and going, well, I'm not satisfied. I'm not sexually satisfied. I'm not happy in my marriage. And the truth is, is that you're having a reaction to something you put in your system a long time ago and you need Jesus Christ to set you free because he who the son sets free is free indeed. And can I tell you that he can bring healing and he can heal your marriage. He can heal you at the deepest part. Research says this, typically the, the more sexual partners a person has, the less satisfied they are with sex in their marriage. And here's the thing, sexual dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction greatly increases the risk of divorce. Greatly. But God says this, I've created it for something different. It's what the world says, it's just physical. You can do whatever you want now and have what God wants later. All your sexual temptation, just get it out of your system because it all stops when you get married anyway. God says something different. God says this, sex should be affirming. God did not create sex to be degrading. God created sex to be affirming. Song of Solomon. You want to talk about a spicy, spicy, spicy book of the Bible. You're looking at a a young married couple who just got married. And in Song of Solomon 1, 15 through 16, it says this. Listen to this. They're going on their honeymoon and it says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. And then she responds, you are handsome, my love, pleasing beyond words. Soft grass is our bed. Can I tell you that great sex starts long before the bedroom? Come on. Uh, A statistic just said that men can be ready for sex in seven seconds. When I read that, I thought, what's taking him so long? <laughs> Women can't be ready for anything in seven seconds. Sex, godly sex, great sex starts long before the bedroom. And one of the best ways that you can do this is by constantly affirming your spouse by telling them they're amazing, by telling them how great they are. Men, here's the, here, here's the thing, women, listen to me. Men want to be affirmed for what they do. That's why when they take out the trash, they're sure to tell you that they took out the trash. They don't care that you mowed the yard, did the dishes, and got the kids ready for school. They took the trash out. There should be a standing ovation. Men want to be affirmed for what they do. Women want to be affirmed for who they are. couple of ways that we can affirm our spouse, and I think this is so important. Two great ways. We can affirm them unexpectedly. Unexpectedly. I'm in a meeting, honey, but I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. And we can also affirm them publicly. Man, my wife is so amazing. She's incredible. 
and you begin to affirm them and you begin to build them up. And what happens is, is that all of a sudden, when you're, uh, the more you affirm your spouse, the better your lovemaking will be. Why? Because they know exactly it's intimacy. Intimacy. Never, ever, ever talk about, talk bad about your spouse's body. Never. Don't, don't. What, do they have a sale on Twinkies? I've lost 45 pounds. My wife never talked bad about me before I lost the weight. She loved me just as much now. I think she loves me more now, but she loved me just as much then as she does now. Never, ever, ever talk about, bad about your spouse's body. Affirm them, build them up, tell them they're amazing. Number two, God says this, sex should be passionate. Sex should be passionate. God, want, God, you cannot find a scripture that says it is only for procreation. It's not in the Bible. It's meant to be fun for a reason, but it's also meant to be passionate. Huh? It's meant to be passionate. Listen to this. Song of Solomon 4, 16. This is Bible. Awake, north wind. That's a strong wind. Rise up, south wind. That's a soft wind. Blow on my garden and spread its fragrance all around. Come into my garden, my love. Taste its finest fruit. I'm not even gonna explain what that means. But I will tell you this, God's saying sex should be passionate inside of marriage. It should be passionate. It's not something that we take, it's complacent. It's something that should remain passionate. But I'll just tell you this, that passion takes effort. Passion takes effort. God wants you to have a passionate marriage, but passion takes effort. Guys, send flowers, write notes, take her on dates, tell her she's beautiful, wash her car. Whatever her love language is, figure that out and start doing that on a regular basis. Girls, you can be involved in the passion thing too. Come to bed in something besides a moo-moo and house slippers. I know it's comfortable, but passion takes effort. Some of y'all come to bed in stuff that an x-ray machine couldn't see through. Come on. Passion takes effort. God created sex to be passionate. The last thing, and I'm done. God created sex to be holy. He created it to be holy. He designed it for such a purpose and such a reason to bring two people together, to make two people who are separate become one, to be used in covenant relationship. And maybe you're out there and you say, you know what, Brian, I've messed up and I've made a lot of mistakes. I've failed a bunch and it's too late for me. Can I tell you, it's never too late. You can make a decision right here and right now and say on this day, 
on this day, I'm, I'm decided that I did not know before, but I know now. And now that I see, I'm going to start living my life the way God has called me to live my life. And I understand that godly sex is holy. And I want to live a holy life. And I want to be pure before God. And if you made those mistakes and you've, 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 you've failed and you've fallen short, I want you to hear me out. You are not made holy by what you do. You're made holy by what Jesus did. And you can, be, you can walk out of here today completely and totally forgiven. 1 John 1, nine says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us, and listen to this, and to purify us. Man, he can purify you today. He can purify all your sins. He can purify you from all unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Come on, somebody say all things. Today, we sit in grace. Today, we sit in mercy. Today, we sit forgiven. And Lord, right now, I pray for every young person out there, every single. Lord, I pray for every single person out there. Lord, that right now, that you will strengthen them. And Lord, for those that have made mistakes and those who, who have had sex outside of marriage and those who, who may have been, been a little more free with it than they should have been, and Lord, I pray right now, God, that they, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now they would realize that they're forgiven, they're great, that your grace is sufficient. God, I pray that you're restoring purity. You're restoring purity. And if you're out there and you're, you're married and your spouse is sitting next to you, grab their hand. And Lord, right now, I pray that you would strengthen every marriage in this place. God, I thank you that we would have godly marriages that are passionate. God, I pray that we would have godly marriages that, that are uh, not just in love with each other, but passionately in love with each other. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would begin to restore and heal. Lord, for those that are maybe broken or those that are struggling, Lord, I pray that you would restore and you would heal them. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you for it. Every head bowed and every eye still closed. No one's looking around. Maybe you're in this place. You say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. You want to talk about uncommon commitment, an uncommon love. It starts with Jesus. It starts because Jesus loved you so much that he, gave, that, that he came to this earth to die on a cross for you. If you're in this place, you say, Brian, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you're here and you say, Brian, I, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I, I'm not living like I should. I know I'm not living like I should. The place that really starts is not by, by trying to behave yourself. It's, it's by giving your life and surrendering your life to Jesus. Brian, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. If you're in this place, you say, Brian, I need Jesus in my life for the first time. Brian, I want to re rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. If you say, Brian, that's me, would you pray with me? I need Jesus in my life for the first time, one. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus, too. Brian, pray for me, three. Just slip your hand up, put it right back down. Amen. 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 
see those hands. Amen. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.